This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dive into the mind of Brett Boone as we turn to the baseball legend to find out what's happening in his life and around Major League Baseball. This is Turning Two with Booney. Here's your host, Rich Herrera. Welcome, everybody. It's the Friday edition of the Boone Podcast. I'm Rich Herrera. We call this Turning Two with Booney. Uh, Brett Boone allows me to come and hang out with him. And if you're watching on YouTube, which is a great way to consume the podcast now, you can also see us on video, and therefore you can see why I'm going to ask Boone the first question of the day is, Booney, where are you? Well, for, for those viewers out there, we've been having a little technical problems. I'm in, I'm in Park City, Utah, at my buddy's house. Uh, we're having a little Wi-Fi issue, but I think we got it cleared up. I think we're okay. Uh, yeah. Flew in today, got my butt beat on the golf course. Yeah, I saw the social uh, media post. I'm not sure how you looked. Uncomfortable is the way I yeah, looked at it. I wasn't good. A lot of things going against me. A lot of things going against me. Let me start off with one. Hold on. Let me get the violin so we can all we, feel we bad doc- for you. Go ahead. Right. We do- we documented two. Uh, I'm going through a swing change. Three. Grip change. Four. Windy today. Not my home course. And five. Utah, the ball goes really far. And you forget, it's not like California. So I got it. Yeah, I got to subtract 10 yards from every shot I hit. And you kind of forget in the middle of the game. So, yeah. So those are all my excuses today. Net result is I got my butt kicked by Ernie. Uh, looking to have a good dinner tonight. Come back strong tomorrow. So are you a creature of habit? Which is the thing that's messing you up the most? Is it the is the equipment? Is it the grip? Is it the swing? Or is it the unfamiliar territory? <laughs> It's all of the above. It's all of the above. Golf is so, I, I love I love it so much, and I've been playing it for a lot of years. But it seems like 30 years ago, I went off of this golf journey. I got to a point where I was about a five five handicap. And fast forward 25, 30 years later, I'm the exact same player. Haven't got a stitch better. Uh, I've gone through club changes. I do grip. Now I'm doing a grip change to see if I can get a little bit better. But, you know, it's a work in progress. So you're not comfortable with it. So you got to make a big shot. You're using a new new golf grip. So sometimes it doesn't always mesh. But all in all, uh, we'll, we'll get it worked out. I'll, I'll guarantee I'll play better tomorrow. What and I'm sure problem? next week you'll ask me. Yeah. I'll beat Ernie tomorrow. All right. What are you what are you willing willing to put up? No, no no guts, no glory. Hundred bucks. I get a hundred bucks if Ernie beats you? Well, what do I get? Nothing. I'm not the point. I'm not the one who went on a sep- a second vacation. Well, why would anybody why would anybody I don't know. I, you're I, the one I, have you're to, the one I, have I guarantee have, I'm I, gonna beat Ernie tomorrow. I have to have something in return. All right, we'll do it. We'll do a fun Friendly wager, five bucks. Five bucks, bucks. I beat Ernie tomorrow. And Ernie's in the back in the other part of the house laughing. Let's go, Ernie. Yeah, anyway. Let's go, Ernie. Why aren't you a good golfer? Well, you're a professional athlete. No, hold on. You're a professional athlete. I know, but you should be better. I should be. But Um, you're... 
No, hold on. You're a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Great hands, great wrists, great arms. Mm-hmm. You're you're in phenomenal shape. Got the gun show showing off on the on the video. Golf is I'll tell you, you get to a certain point. You can only get to a certain point. And I kind of have a baseball swing. I think this is well documented on the show. Um, To get to the next level of golf, to be a scratch player, to shoot in the the low to mid-70s consistently from, you know, back tees, you got to work at your game. You can't just do what I do and, and just play for fun. Yeah, you can. You can get to a certain level doing that way, but I the really good players uh that are, you know, athletes that when they retire, uh they really go work on their golf game. They and they work on it almost like the pros do. They've got swing coaches. They go to the range. They don't go play golf. They go to the range and they practice. And when you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, what did what do what, what do we do as baseball players? Our whole life I'm constantly in the cage. I take 50 times more swings in the cage working on my swing than I actually do in the game. I have four at bats every night and I probably swung 200 times getting ready for tonight. And that's just maintenance, you know, the, the day of the game. So that that's not including the off season work that you put in. So it makes a lot of sense. If you want to be really good, you got to go practice. And at this stage, to this stage of my life, <laughs> I haven't been willing to practice. It's like, well, I'd there, rather just take my game out, take my shots, or give my shots, whatever they well, may okay. be, and let the, let the well, chips fall where they may. But what's the defi- definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Rich, the, pro- the problem is here, you're talking to a five handicap, and you're talking to me like I stink. To the general public, I'm in the top half a percentile of the world. For the guys I play with, I'm usually the worst player in the group, but, but, but you're really acting like I'm, you're really acting like I'm you playing golf. What's your name? Bo Presley. Damn (laughs) glad to meet you. What's your name? What do we call you? Mr. Boone. The Boone. The Boone. Boone. If you have the Boone as your name. Coming soon, by the way. There's a certain Uh, standard I expect from you. Who gave, who gave me that name? Rich. I don't tell me. Mark McLemore. And uh, we got Mark. I need to ask Mark, him about your golf game because if I Mark if McLemore, we got, the boon, we, we got him we got him coming up on the show soon. So uh I'm looking forward to it. Like if your name's Rich Herrera, I don't expect you to be a great golfer because when I go play in charity golf tournaments and I walk up and they see me and they go, Oh, look at that fat ass. I can't believe we got him. I have to break out the credit card and buy the booze all day just so they can not feel like they got their they got ripped off. If I walk up <laughs> And I'm going to play with the Boone. I expect you to carry me, and I expect to win. I yeah, no, that touche. I, I I see the point. I I see where you're coming from. So touche, Rich Herrera. No, is it is it more mental or is it more physical? Your golf game. Uh it's a not really mental. It's not really mental. Well, I get well, a little. We've talked mental. about the mental side though with you. Uh, I yeah, I get a little. You get a little too with, aggressive. You get a yeah. little too. You get a, get you a get little a, mental putting. You get a little mental. You you push too hard, and you don't leave the last shot behind. We've talked about that. So when I had my local show in Arizona, Brett came on uh, when I had when I did a golf show, and and the golf pros would talk about him mentally and and how he approached the game, and they said there were some flaws in there, without a doubt. And and the thing is too, when you're really not, you know, today was a fun day. I was going on a little mini trip. I got off the plane. I drove to Ernie's house. We 
packed up. We went right to the T. So it kind of like I wasn't primed, you know, I was like, hey, I'm just glad to kind of be out of the house. Little boys vacation, three days of golf, uh, you know, kind of easing into it. So you're right. I wasn't really prepared today. Well, I'm telling you, I'll be ready tomorrow. There'll be better results. And and next week on turn. How how competitive competitive are you? Yeah. Uh, Depends on the venue. Depends on the tourney. Uh, If I'm in a tournament, like our Pebble Beach tournament coming up in November. Right. uh, That we do every year. We've done for 27 years. I will be ready to go. I mean, I will be up early. Boom. Go breakfast range putting green and i'll be grinding and and when i if i've had years where i didn't play so good there and it really gets it pisses me off like today i don't play I good uh, i know it does. today i don't today i don't play good of course you always want to play good but today i didn't play good i'm like yeah whatever we'll go up and i stayed now if i don't play good tomorrow i might be in a bad mood we'll see okay but just in general can you play cards with your wife Sure. Can you play video oh, games with the kids? Yeah. Yes. Always want to win. But no, I, I've found as I get a little bit older, I found a way to, to kind of disengage from that. So I don't go crazy competitive. My kids really are competitive. So, for instance, if I play with Jake, if I play a card game with Jake, he really wants to win and it will bother him if he loses. Whereas right. I really want to win, but it's really not going to bother me. And I think, too, that's what happens when, when you're the parent with your kids. And I told you this the other day, remember? It, it, it was, uh, I saw somewhere it said, uh, a father and son were together. And it says, the, the only legitimate man in the world that wants you to be better than him. And that's a father to his son. And I thought yep. about that. I thought about that analogy and I thought, that's really good. That's really true. Because as much as we want our friends and and our teammates to succeed, we never want them to be better than us. We want to be the best. And that's the competitive nature. But when it comes to your son, you you would love the day came that that he was better than you. That would make you proud. And uh, that's that's a true statement. Okay, help me out here then. When you were a kid playing games against Bob Boone, how bad did you want to beat him? And did he let you did he ever let you win? Yeah, Dad would let me win when when you're when I was a little little kid. Yeah, uh, but we'd we'd be competitive when when okay. I was young and and kind of in grade school and high school. We'd be competitive down, you know. We'd play horse at Christmas and all the aunts and uncles come over and Dad. We'd we'd go play hoops out in the driveway and and we were competitive and Dad was good and he wanted to beat you once again. It was that father son thing. If right. I beat him. It didn't bother him that much. He could almost smile and brag about his kid. I think we right. all do that. Now, Aaron and Matthew, your brothers, how competitive? Uh, I would say Matthew's kind of laid back, a little more laid back. Matthew's a little bit more like me. Aaron's really competitive, really competitive. Could, like you, guys, could you guys play cards against each other right now and not throw the cards by the time you're done? Yeah, but when it comes to real stuff, I mean, Aaron wants to beat you. Aaron wants to beat you. And it's one of those things where Aaron and myself were always competitive, but really there was no competition because of the, the age gap. Cause he was right. four years younger. He was always my little brother. So I, I kind of mess with Aaron a little bit and I kind of give him a, a little leeway and then come in and swoop in at the end and win the game. So we never had that competitiveness. Now as adults, 
uh, we're competitive on the golf course. He, he, man, he, he really wants to beat me on the golf course. And I don't know, once again, it's almost, it's not a fatherly thing, but it's almost like, of course, when, if Aaron and me square up, I want to win. But at the end of the day, losing to him really doesn't bother me that much because he's still in my eyes. He's my, he's, he's my little brother. How, how, how good of a winner are you? If you beat Jake or you beat uh, Judah or you beat Isaiah. Oh, I, I like to, I, I like to beat Jake because if I could beat Jake at something, he he he, he doesn't like losing. So <laughs> it makes me feel good. So I'll try a little harder against Jake. Like if I can edge him out, uh, that's fun for me because he, he'll take it, almost take it personal. And that that's fun for me. Um but yeah, it, it's like the people in my orbit, there's really never been a competitive thing. I mean, I think as a kid, I always wanted to beat my dad as, as, and my dad would think, yeah, it'd be great if Brett beat me or, or if I beat Brett, but if Brett beat me, it's really not a big deal. And I've always had that outside of my dad when I was little, uh, I've never really been competitive with my, with my siblings, with Matthew, with Aaron. And Matthew and myself will play golf. I'll go up and meet him in Newport Beach once in a while, and we'll go play golf. And really, uh, we're not that competitive. We're, we're more of catching up as brothers. And if we play good today, we play good today. But really, there's not that fire where I'm going to kick your ass. You're going to kick my ass. We've, we've never had that. And Aaron, same way. If Aaron and uh, I are in a tournament and we're against one another, yeah, we want to win. But at the end of the day, Aaron will get not mad, but it'll bother him more than it'll bother me. And once again, I think it's the age thing. It's, I think it's because I'm the right. elder. Yeah, I just want to be. And it really doesn't affect me that much. All right. I'm, I'm sick of talking about this, but I will say I do not like losing to Ernie because Ernie will rub it in. Yeah. And I'll hear about this for a year until the next time we play. So oh, I need if, to win if, tomorrow. When Ernie beats you tomorrow. I'm going to take that $5 bill. I'm going to frame it. I'm going to put up the wall behind me so you can look at it. Every for day. next week. For next week. For next yeah. week. Um, you got it. By the way, for the listeners of the Boone podcast, last time we saw you, uh, just what, oh, two weeks ago, you were on vacation. What, how are you back on vacation again? No, that's what I do. I move on. Move it on. I, I take the family on a vacation. Then right. that, buys me a, that buys me a vacation. Now I go. Now wait, 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 hold on. Uh, a second. Explain this to me. You, you went on vacation with the family. Well, to be honest, you... Rich, I, I really haven't gone anywhere for a personal uh, boys trip. I really haven't. I mean, I had. Uh, I went to Mexico with Krista at the end of the right. school year. She's a teacher. I uh, took her there just just an adult trip. Then uh, we, she went with me to Seattle to the All Star right. Game. We had a great time. She wanted for five to spend days. time with me. That was I a highlight for her. Right. I recently took uh, all the kids and her to Punta Mita, Mexico, which we were on the Boone podcast broadcasting live. And then, uh, th so this is the first trip. I haven't gone anywhere for me time but, but in a while. So she's. No. How do you get to do these great well, things? Well, I mean, look what I just told you. I took her on. I, she's been on three trips with me, family on one of them. So if I want to go on a trip, I go. That's just the so, way it is. So if I want to go on a trip, what do I have to do around the house? Well, I'll guarantee how do you. I, if you give me well, some I'll advice here. I'll guarantee you if Liz, you're, for all those you listen to the Boom Podcast, Liz is, is Rich's wife. If you would have taken her on three trips this summer and then yeah, you I said, you know, Liz, um, do you mind if I pop over to uh, 
Utah to play golf for a couple of days with the guys, Liz would say, Rich, have at it. You've been great. You've taken me on three trips this summer. You've earned it. That's how you do it. And you know that's how you do it. Or she might say, your family might say, good. Tell Brett to go play golf because he's a pain right. in the butt. It, right. As much as I'm saying it's about me, it probably gives them a break. Yeah. And they're probably like, glad. What do they get you to know? do? What do they get to do with you my being out of the be, house? My kids will be like, oh, dad's gone. He won't be bugging. Yeah. What do they get to days. do? Do they get to it's watch whatever they want on TV? Can, can they eat anything well, they, they do want? That. They, do, they do that anyway. Actually, when I leave, then they got nobody to go take them to dinner. They got to go bug yeah. Krista or. or or my boys need to go bug their mom to take them to dinner. So, or they might actually have to make positive. a sandwich. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they wouldn't know what to do. Um, all right, let's do some baseball stuff. You got it. How good are the Atlanta Braves? As good as advertised. Um, you know, I, I've I've having some debates lately. You know, the, who's who's the best team? Uh, is it Baltimore? You know, they said Tampa Bay's fading. Yeah, they've lost some. They obviously had a problem recently with their young star Wander Franco. That's uh, all this is alleged stuff, but a little bit of, of turmoil gone over there. McClanahan, their ace, goes down. Uh, but, man, Tampa Bay, if it's one thing they are, they're resilient. They're hanging in there pretty good. They're only two out in the east. Everybody's talking about Baltimore. You know, it, it was a thing for a long time. We said it's it, it's a feel-good story. It's nice, Baltimore being at the top, uh, top of the league. Now it's turned into it's a little bit more than a feel-good thing. These guys are really good, and are especially the back end. Yes, especially the back end of their bullpen. I mean, that Bautista, he he makes me uh, glad that I don't have to swing a bat. Uh, the back end of that bullpen is as good as it gets in Baltimore. Those kids are young. They're fiery. They've got that it factor right now. They've got that look in their eye when they take the field. They know they're going to beat whoever they're playing that night. They're, they're winning close games. So I think Baltimore is a real deal now, not just a feel-good story anymore. The, the Texas Rangers – I think they're as good as advertised. And Evaldi has been on the shelf for a while. He's going to be back. You're going to couple him with Scherzer, uh, Gray, Montgomery they got from St. Louis. Texas did a lot at the deadline. They made themselves the best. I thought they had the best deadline out of all the teams. Texas still a top team. Houston, they're the ones. Houston and the Dodgers. Nobody's Notice nobody's talked about the Dodgers nope. all year. The all Dodgers have no pressure on them. All we talked about with the Dodgers, you know, a year ago, they won 111 games. And all everybody's talked about the Dodgers this year is, well, they didn't get any better this offseason, which is true. Right. They're, they're a little bit of a different look team than they were a year ago. Urias isn't having the year that that he's had. Kershaw still is. He's been on the shelf a little bit. He's back in action. He's still got a 2-5, ERA. Kershaw is still doing it at his age. One of the greatest lefties of all time. Uh but I'll tell you, they're sneakily being there. I'm looking at I'm looking at the Dodgers. They've got a ten game lead in the West. Right. Uh, and they're seventy three the and forty. The Giants faded. Diamondbacks they're faded. 70, Giants faded. They're seventy three and forty six. They've got the third best record in baseball out of nowhere. So I pe- think people are sleeping on the Dodgers a little bit. But that gets me to the final. Uh, all these teams are great. These are all top teams I'm naming. And yes, the real deal teams. Atlanta to me, better than all of them. Atlanta top to bottom defense, uh, offense, defense, pitching, bullpen. Uh, they're the most complete team out there. And they're professional. They've been there. They've done that. They have a little experience. Uh, this group of players has the experience of going to the postseason. Um, 
they have a great staff over there. Uh, I, I just think, uh, for me, they're the top team in baseball. But as we know, Rich, we get to that tournament and it takes off and it's going crazy with these. You to win a World Series now, you got to win four rounds of playoffs. Uh, fourth being the World Series. So many grenades there. Uh, so nothing's for sure. And we can do the on paper thing all we want. Uh, the bottom line is it's crazy. And and history has shown uh, teams that get in late, those wildcard teams, those guys that are fighting the month of September and sneak in, tend to do well in the modern day playoff, uh, playoff schedule, the way it's set up. So I look for all these teams and I look for who knows. I mean, I was I was looking at this. I always talk about the Central. The Central in the in the American League is the weakest division of baseball, but I look to the Central in the National League as also a very weak division. All of a sudden, you got Milwaukee winning that division, and you got Chicago and Cincinnati just sitting right there. They're a half game out of that wild card spot. And so you could possibly potentially have three teams coming from the Central, whereas if three months ago you would have told me, even two teams would go. I say you're crazy. There's a potential for three teams to come out of the Central in the National League. That's been the biggest surprise to me. It's the play of the Chicago Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds. Also, uh, this is the last thing I'll say. Miami's sneaky good. Yeah. Miami Marlins are sneaky good. So I'll leave you. I'll leave you at that. Go back to Baltimore for just a second because that's a big, big city for me. Uh, when I do my when I do my show on CBS Sports Radio, there. People of Baltimore are excited. Normally about this time, they've already turned the page. They're watching Ravens football. They're they're getting to Cam, Camden Yards. They're getting to Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Charm City is excited about Baltimore. How amazing would it be for those long-suffering Orioles fans to have some momentum to win the East? Because you've been to Oriole Park at Camden Yards when that place was rocking, and uh, they're feeling it right now. It's really a cool thing to see. I mean, these kids, and 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 I thought, you know, for a while there, I, I didn't, I didn't pay much attention to them because I thought it was going to be a thing that faded. You know, like the Pirates early in the season, they were atop of the division. I'm thinking that you know that's not going to last. It didn't. St. Louis Cardinals being at the bottom of the division, we're not used to them being at the bottom of the division. They stayed at the bottom of the division. That was a that was a big surprise to me. This Oriole team's for real. They're for real. These young guys are ready to take on that postseason. I don't know if they're ready to win a World Series right now. I still think there's better tournament, better better teams that I've mentioned. But I'll tell you what, they're the real deal. And and people that take them lightly and and, and treat them as, oh, it's a feel-good story and they're too young, they're not ready to win yet. Well, they're going to be rude, rudely awakened by this team. I just watched them play uh, the Seattle Mariners. And that Seattle Mariners got hot too, by the way. The, the Seattle Mariners, I think they're going to, the Seattle Mariners. I didn't mention them. I think they're going to grab a, one of the wild card spots in the in the AL. That's a story for another day. They went seven, eight in a row. Then the the uh, Orioles came to town. Great pitching performances by that young staff in Seattle. But the Orioles beat them the last two days in a one run game. I think Kirby pitched a nine inning shutout, uh, gave it over to the bullpen, ended up losing the game one to nothing. That Baltimore team is resilient. They came back the next night against a really good. Uh, really good Seattle Mariner ball club right now playing really good. And they won another one run ball game. Seems like they've been doing that a lot this year. All right. So if we talk about the teams that are surging, how about we talk about the teams that are fading uh, Yankees, Halos, Giants, Diamondbacks, all fading as we're getting ready to get closer and closer to September. What do you make of it? Well, you know, I'm, I'm 
close to the to the Yankee situation. Not not because I really discussed anything with my brother, but but I, I have my eye on him because I'm looking out to see how Aaron's team's doing. Uh, I, I I think they're done. I think they're done. Uh, just it hasn't worked out this year with a couple. Uh, with a couple bright spots, that being one being Garrett Cole having a great year. Volpe's getting a full year. I think he's going to be a really good future shortstop for, for the Yankees. Rizzo started off great. He has the concussion protocol. He's down. LeMahieu's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Stanton's been in and out of the lineup. He's having a rough year. It's well documented. Judge ran into the fence. Uh, he was out of the lineup for two months. Uh, Donaldson, their third baseman, he he's been out. He's done till the, at least the middle of September. Now I go to the starting rotation, which for me, as you know, Rich is the most important thing. You were supposed to have Rodon. He was a big offseason acquisition. They spent a lot of money. He missed the first two months of the season, and since he's come back. He has not been good at all. Not the Rodon they thought they were getting. A, a personal favorite of mine, Severino. Uh, I've been waiting for this kid to really come into his own. He's been beat up with the injury bug for years and years. Uh, he comes back. He's he he's pitched. He's one of the worst pitchers in baseball. I mean, time after time after time, he's he's approaching a nine ERA as a starting pitch, and he's starting to get some innings under his belt. That's unacceptable. Then you go to a Nestor Cortez, who had a big year for him last year. He's been hurt quite a bit. He came back, had a real encouraging outing, went right back on the IL. That bullpen's the only thing that's a, it's kind of a been a mainstay for them. They got one of the best bullpens in baseball, but you can't get to the bullpen because that starting rotation's been so thin. The off, the, 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 the offense has been dismal. Uh, I, I never like to officially write anybody off at this stage with six weeks to go in the season. But as, without being 100%, uh, I'm writing the, the Yankees off this year. It's just not their year. They just don't have the personnel. They just don't have the roster. They don't have the health uh, to get ready for postseason baseball. That's just what I'm seeing in the last month uh, of that Yankee ball club. All right. Uh, a couple things to talk about. Um, what is Boone watching? What do you got for me, son? I wrote this down for you today because I didn't want to uh, forget. Let me go to my let me go to my phone where I did. Okay, show I watched uh, Netflix. It's called Collateral. Now I got on the Bear. We we had um, we had Joel McHale on a few weeks ago. He's got he's got a small role in the bear. I started to watch the bear the other day, and I hate to say, it, man, there was a lot going on in the first half hour. They were in the kitchen, they were yelling at each other. There was too much going on. I went over to the Collateral, which is uh, Netflix. It's a thriller. It's based in London. Uh, the pizza delivery boy comes, delivers a pizza, gets gets shot. It's a murder mystery. I like the way it's shaping up. I'm midway through episode two, season one of Collateral. I think it's going to be really good. That's what I'm watching. All right. And let's leave off the way that we always do, talking about what's hashtag Boone approved. I got one for you today. You ready? Here we what go. Boone approved. Artificial intelligence. AI. Is it Boone Ooh. approved or not? <laughs> I think it's really cool. It's cutting edge. Too much information in the wrong hands can be dangerous. And I think mm -hmm. at this time in our, with everything going on in the world right now, 2023, it's crazy times. Uh, 
as cool as I think it is, as it is, and and that the upside to it, I think there's a lot of downside to it. So I'm going to go Boone, not approved. Would you, I think I've asked you this before, but I'll ask again, would you ride in an AI driven car? Like a Tesla? Yeah. <sighs> Man, that's a good question. I think I would. I think I, I, I think the data says uh, the data would test out that it's safer than than a human driving the car, but but you hear that one crash out of millions of of uh, of trips on the AI powered car. You hear about that one crash, and you go, "Wait a minute! If I was behind the wheel, we wouldn't have crashed." So I think that you know, if I were strictly a numbers guy, I'd say absolutely you get behind the wheel of an AI car. It has a better chance of avoiding an accident than than you do, even if you consider yourself a pretty good pretty astute driver uh i guess i would at this stage i mean if it gets through all the red tape to get on the market and it actually is something that is legal i'm sure it's pretty safe i, I don't know I, I i think i'd be a little bit like okay i'm right here in case something goes wrong but but i think at this stage i think the technology is far enough that'd be a pretty safe ride all right there you go all right folks that's going to do it for turning two with booney on his uh his vacation. Let's go, Ernie. We'll see how he does tomorrow so I can win $5. Um, who do we got coming up on the program uh, next week? Program next week, we've got a Ryan Dempster. Really, oh, really cool. He's, he, he's at the Marquee Network with the Cubs. Also is a, is a co-host of uh, Intentional Talk with, with the network, with the MLB Network. Uh, played a lot of years, won a World Series. But he had some really interesting takes he had some really interesting takes on uh, the pitching side of the game now and in the strike zone and what he sees from the booth on a nightly basis. Also. All right. Anyway, I think we just lost Brett. So I'm going to wrap right, here we go. Here we go. Up. Here Let's we go. Now we're done. We're, listen, I'm back. You're, you're, you're off playing off. Now we're done. Uh, all right. <laughs> Are you back? I'm done. All right, that's it. He's done. He's got to go play golf. You got to get some sleep. You got to get some rest. You got to get out there. And you got to win tomorrow. You got to beat Ernie tomorrow, right? There you go. All right, that's going to do it for the Boone Podcast. I'm Rich Rare. That's Brett Boone. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. 